Welcome to the Weekly Exchange. This week in Forex and Strategy Game News, we have updates on At the Gates, Galsiv 3, Alliance of the Sacred Sons, and much, much more. Hey, Troy, welcome to the show. Hey, it's me here, Nate. How are you? I'm recovering. It's December was rough. Yeah, I know. It so. was. I know it was pretty bad. So I'm glad it's over. And yeah, me too. It's not going to be me that too. bad again for five months. <laughs> right, May. Now I'm dreading May. <laughs> right, right. Well, we have a special so. guest. Why don't you welcome, welcome him to the show? Hey, Joshua, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. It's an honor to be here, as always. So you'll jump in a little later on. This is going to be, um, this is the week we're coming back from vacation and all the devs are kind of coming back, you know, it's kind of quiet. So it's going to be a quick show, maybe, yeah, possibly, yeah. but Joshua's on. Uh, hey, 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 dude, dude, you know, you want to, you know, you say it like that, but you know, you wish you could, you know, you'd, you'd gladly take seven vacations a year if you could, That's you'd true. take three. You take three if you could. Uh, I can't right? complain about my job. I got a good job. Oh, so you get four vacations. I see. Well, I see. Anyway, let's uh, move on and actually talk about games. And this week, we're going to start with At The Gate. And John offered up another one of his uh, development diaries leading toward the launch of At The Gates. This week, he talked about economics. And I don't think there's much in this update that wasn't already generally known about the game so I'm, I'm just gonna kind of summarize first you're only ever gonna have one settlement in the game so it's sort of a one city challenge 4x type thing now he doesn't really talk about if you can take over other cities using combat but he basically says you're gonna start with one city and that's all you're ever really gonna have all your new clans will show up there when you train a clan in a profession that's where they're gonna start regardless of how far afield your other clans might be they're all gonna start at your original city and your original settlement is mobile you can pack it up and move it and you will have to that's an intended feature of the game the first place you settle will not be the last place that you settle so you'll pack up and move quite a bit also in the game are a number of different resources uh, you know wood and iron being two of the main ones and most important ones but also several different foods um, and uh, metals and things like that that'll be in the game that you can mine or grow or dig out of the ground and use to uh, improve your settlement and your clan. It also covers the caravan which drops by three times a year that you can trade one item for gold and then use that gold to buy a different item that you need. So for instance you might make alcohol and trade it for tools or you might make weapons and trade it for parchment if you need that for one of your various professions, things like that. And then eventually you're going to found a kingdom. Now, I never got that far in my At The Gates play, partially because this feature was added 
quite a bit later in development, and most of my play took place before uh, the whole kingdom thing was added, and then since it's been added, like I found the game more difficult to play. Uh, like the level of difficulty got uh, got a lot more intense, I think, uh, once this was added. So I never got to start a kingdom, but essentially when you start a kingdom, you'll have a zone of control, like most 4X games, and then that will expand from your key city. You'll still be sending your clans out and about to gather things and kill people, which is always fun. And uh, eventually you'll come into conflict with other tribes and eventually Rome and or Constantinople. Killing one of them, Rome or Constantinople, will win you the game. So that's pretty much it from At The Gates this week. And I know the launch is not too far away. Yeah, it's, uh, I believe, the 23rd. January, let, let me look real look quick. It oh, it's, yeah, January 23rd. It's on our uh, website. We have the little upcoming releases. And, and it shows, like, the next upcoming three games, usually 4X and strategy games, not too many. Maybe a city builder occasionally will pop on there. So, um, yeah, abs- absolutely. I know what you mean. I, too, haven't had a chance to play. I, I played it at the end of November, right around Thanksgiving, but I haven't really had a chance to mess with it since. And uh, I know that Rob, he's been playing with it, and he posted in our thread on the forum that it's actually in really good shape, and he was um, somewhat reluctant about the game. He backed it and whatnot, you know, so he was like, I don't know, how is it going to be? And now he's like, oh, you know, it's pretty good. I am I like it. So, you know, if Rob likes it, that's, yeah, that's got to be something. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to say, I don't want to say vicious. He was, mm. he was uh, very uh, direct. And he wasn't holding punches, but I don't think he was vicious. He wasn't out, like, he wasn't trying to be mean about it. He was just kind of stating his opinion, you and know? Rob speaks his mind. Uh, yeah. He's not going to pull punches. If right. he's upset about something, he's going to say it. Um, and so, but at the same time, I think he's also a tough critic. Uh, so the fact that he said he liked it, I think, is a, a good sign. Exactly. Yeah, I, I agree. I was surprised. I've been watching videos. They're pretty good. <laughs> Rob well, knows what he's doing. And- yeah, well, you know. We're going to have to because we're going to be reviewing it soon. So we'll have to get to know what's going on. So if this was one of those pieces of like famous vaporware, that's no longer vaporware. Right. And I'm excited to see it coming back. You know, if we can get star citizen, then we'll really be on the up and up. Hey, hey, that's a pipe dream right there. That thing. I know. No, famous vaporware is one of my favorite subjects. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, moving on. So, uh, they also released an update from paradox. Um, publishing about age of wonders planet fall now this wasn't the dev diary or dev journal but it has a very cute picture of duplo and it has um, what appears to be i think my daughter has one this character i think this is uh, either a businesswoman or a doctor and she's riding what appears to be a dinosaur with quite possibly some kind of cannons on the side wait a minute Nate, are you drunk? What are you talking about? Duplo? Isn't that like the Lego thing for little kids? You're talking about dinosaurs with cannons? Yes. If you if give you me look one at the picture, more, it, it, if it's right on. I didn't, <laughs> if I didn't you, click on that. It sounds crazy. I will should. second that it's Duplo. I, I know it's Duplo because I have this. I have these pieces. My daughter plays with them, so I know exactly what this is. Your so, daughter. Right. Oh, my oh goodness. My. It is. <laughs> <laughs> just just give me one second and I will explain. Right, okay. <laughs> okay. So 
this recreation makes me think of the Amazon units. So I think this is a tease that that's going to be the next major faction reveal, probably coming in the next couple of weeks, that's going to show the Amazons. Now, in the last uh, video that they had where they show, who did they show off? They showed off the uh, dwar, the dwar, the, the space dwarves, the miners, and they had the Amazon city right next to them. So each time in a video, they show off a faction and another faction makes an appearance. That means that they're the next ones to be revealed. At least it has been so far. So anyway, so they're showing off like this is his son likes playing with this, um, you know, with this Duplo that reminds him of, uh, I guess, a cavalry unit from um, Planetfall. And then he's talking about like upcoming dev journals. They're going to talk about specifically combat roles, upgrading and vehicle piloting for heroes. They're going to talk about uh, the tactical combat battlefields, meaning that so far what they've shown, they've only really, I think they've shown only two types, but if it's anything like Age of Wonders Planfall, basically whatever you have on the map will be instant into a battlefield. So there's going to be a lot of variety. Uh, they're going to continue talking about the NPC factions. They're going to be uh, discussing some of the secret texts which are linked to the wind conditions, uh, the music, uh, the um, like the front end, which is probably referring to like the settings and you know picking your faction and customizations, things like that, uh, the map generator, campaign story. And then they're gonna I think the last thing they're gonna do before they release is they're gonna talk about the console version. And then um, they mention some of the events and you know, like I said, this is definitely, from a AAA perspective, this is, without having seen game, without having played, I mean, we've seen it, but we haven't played it, this is definitely a candidate for game of the year, because what I'm seeing, at least for myself, I'm speaking for myself and for nobody else, what I'm seeing is just blowing me away. All the things that I fell in love with in Age of Wonders 3 is cranked up to like 50 not 11 but to 50 in planetfall and i'm super excited and like some of the things that civilization beyond earth rising tide had that i wish they could have expanded on looks like it you know there's i don't want inspired by i guess i don't know like in in the forex genre the different publishers the different developers they're seeing what everybody's doing they're like oh i like that idea so they kind of take it and they make it their own and that's always been the case it's been like that now for almost 30 years i don't see it changing anytime soon so i'm very very excited for it yeah me too i i can't wait to see this game um out and i love the setting for it i love that it's a little bit different and man i think everybody's gonna really have a good i hope so Awesome. So we're going to move on to Galsiv 3, and this week we kind of got sort of a preview for what's coming down the pipe for this game. And really, let's see, Galsiv 3 came out in 2015. I think development started in 2012, maybe 2011 or so. So, I mean, it's, it's starting to get a little old here in 2019, but... You know, this is Stardock, and they tend to support their games for years and years to go, uh, to come, I guess. And man, there's a lot coming for Galaxy of Three. They're not, they're not done with it at all. So obviously, they're going to be improving the UI, and what game couldn't use that? And along with that, they're going to rework the tech tree to be less kick, click heavy. Which, you know, yeah, I, I don't know about Galaxy of Three's tech tree. It's very utilitarian. It's very what. Very much what you would expect out of a space 4x um 
you know, so uh, it'll be interesting to see what they can do to make it a little bit better. Um, I just thought it was just kind of normal when I played it, so there you go. Uh, they're going to bring back some beloved species, so I know that's been going around in our forum threads lately, is some of the older species or races that were in Galsiv 1 and 2 aren't in Galsiv 3 yet, and I think that's been lamented a bit, so that may be rectified here soon. Also, they're talking about kind of fixing up the mid-game, specifically between turns 25 and 75. Apparently the game kind of breaks down, gets dull, and you're just clicking end turn, end turn, over and over, which I can attest to. It's been a while since I played Galsa 3, but yeah, uh, there was, the mid, the mid game was pretty much just end turn, turn, build a star base, and send a few more ships to it to upgrade it, and blah, blah, so. There you go. Um, they're also going to do something for the battle viewer, which has been uh, maligned quite a bit, I think, with this game. And along with that, Stardock is hiring game developers. So if you have some talent with programming and probably some real experience with it, Stardock is going to have some openings for Galsa 3 to work on the battle viewer. And that's a pretty cool opportunity, I think. For someone with some experience in, in doing this sort of thing, they get to work on a very storied title and help improve it. And also uh, improvements to the UI, which I really wish Stardock would just hire Ale as a freelance AI programmer. Like Ale, we're huge fans of you if you're listening to this. We're huge fans of your work on Pandora First Contact and, of course, Gladius. So uh, thank you very much, sir, for improving our lives with those two games. And I don't know. I hope Stardock can improve the AI for Gal. Well, br well, Brad is that's like his specialty. So I I believe that if he himself is going to focus on the AI work, then I'm pretty certain the AI will be improved that's quite a bit because Galsif Two was a game he worked on for a long time with the AI and like the final versions were pretty rough, like not in a bad way, like tough. Same with Fallen Enchantress, Legendary Heroes, you know, so, you know, if he can focus on, sit down and focus on that, I think, I mean, this is like his baby, dude. He knows this game inside it out and then some. Yeah, for sure. he's good at it for sure. I, I, it doesn't, but if he is. So let's go ahead and move on though. Uh, what's going on over at Amplitude? I was making fun of them for being on vacation. I bet they're back and ready to talk about something. Yeah, you were just being mean. I That's was all. being mean. I was being mean. But, and so, here's why. Let me explain that just. Okay, you're just they jealous. They launched just Endless it. Space 2. Okay. And it had problems, and they went on vacation. And so that mm. kind of rubbed me the, the wrong way back then. Mm. So they, they kind of launched the game, and then they said, Hey, guys, we're checking out, heading to the Riviera. Uh, you know, going to walk the English promenade, and you guys can just wait on it to get back, fix all these problems. Oh. Now, Endless Space 2 is still a great game. Probably my favorite space. I don't know. It was right up there with Master. Nice. Yeah, that that kind of missed me, Nate, when they did. That. I'm okay with it. I I understand them. It's like I wish I could. I see if I could do that, I would totally do that. I would be like, drop the mic, get out of here, see you later, people. <laughs> you know, bounce out for two weeks. It's just I, I'm afraid if I do that, like that, the facility will catch on fire. There's gonna be all things. So I I can't quite do yeah, that. I'm you know, anyway, what's going on over with Amplitude? Let's move on. So uh, they're 
they came back and they're doing a spotlight. So this isn't anything to do with any of their existing games because they're still kind of dialing in. They're going to be showing uh, there's the closed beta right now going for what potentially is going to be called the Penumbra. That's the next expansion with the new faction that they featured recently with to Endless Space 2. But they're show, they picked a couple of mods for Endless Legend and Endless Space. And they have one that's called Simplified Chinese for Endless Legend. And yeah, this looks like, wow, like, like pros went in and did it. So I'm hoping that the Chinese fan base that's been wanting a localization is going to enjoy it and check it out. So they're kind of trying to promote the mod, like, hey, guys, you guys want it. Somebody stepped in, hooked you all up, so go ahead and use it kind of thing. So that's one. Then they have something to do with dynamic speed. So one of the things in the game you have, like in Endless Legend, is you can set the speed for, like, gameplay or research, but it's only really, like, fast or slow or regular, and that's it. So this gives you uh, more um, more variability to that. As they say, dynamic speed, dynamic warfare, dynamic everything. So, I, you know, if that's what you've been wanting, there's that mod. Now, they have a cosmetic mod for Endless Space 2 called uh, Grey Behemoths in Hero Ship. So what it is is the... I, me personally, one of the things that I don't get, like, I, I understand the lore of it, what they say, but I still don't get it. Like, um, everybody comes from the Academy. All the heroes, like, basically originate from the Academy, right? But all of them, there's only a couple of ships, and that's it. So everybody's flying the same ships. I would imagine if you're a hero, even if you're flying in space, you know, when you're in dock, you know, take a spray can and, you know, make it yours, right? So that's kind of what they did is this this fellow went in and started to do different colors for the ships and for the behemoths of that school. And now another person uh, was like, you know, there's just not enough stuff that you can do for custom factions. So he created a mod that's called More Traits, and it lets you further tweak your custom faction to, you know, do, do super powerful or weak or whatever you want, you know much more than Amplitude lets you do within the game itself. So I'm guessing that they're going to be doing this more frequently, like picking the really good mods out there and trying to bring attention to it so the community knows about it because that's it shows the flexibility of the game and it also shows the potential. So the mod that I want to see is the mod that does a major overhaul of combat. I've seen a version of it, but there was kind of a falling out between, I think, one of the modders, and he kind of pulled the mod, which was a real shame because it was a pretty good mod that he was working on. So maybe it'll make it back again one day, but definitely um, there are some good mods out there for Endless Space 2 and Endless Legend. So as Amplitude features them we will be sure to pass on the word to our listeners yeah awesome. that's really cool and um i've never really experimented with the mods especially with it's, easy. it's easy it's easy it's well, easy i'm not i'm not saying that it's bad or not easy i'm just saying that like with endless legend for instance there's so much to do like i never it never even crossed my mind to go get a mod like because it's just, I mean, that game has so much to offer now. Especially with the latest expansion. Um, it's, man, it's such a good game. I agree. Well, we're going to move on to uh, the game that shall not be ab abbreviated, Alliance of the Sacred. And this week we got a huge update. We had some people in our forum asking us, hey, have you heard anything about Alliance? Oh, I think, Nate, you reached out to the dev, is that correct? I did. I sent them 
over the past couple of months, I sent him a couple of messages. Hey, what's going on? I hope everything's okay. So just, you know, it's like a single dev working on stuff. And this is a very expansive game and it's burnout is definitely an issue. So, you know, it's, he's back. That's all that matters, right? Yeah, right. And you know what? Sometimes it, all it takes is just one person. I'm not saying this, is, but you know, in some case, it, all it takes is just one person reaching out saying, Hey man, how are things going? To kind of say, you know what, it's been a while since I've said something, I've been working on it, why don't I do an update? And so we got an update for Alliance of the Sacred Sun, and it's huge. Um, like the document I'm looking at at the moment is four pages, way too to go over. So I'm going to go over the parts I think were most interesting. And the first is uh, he's added something called the Zill mechanic. And the Zill are a group of aliens that drove humanity from Earth a thousand years ago and so he's adding this in and each turn there's going to be a counter that's going to count up to when the zill attack again and it's going to tell you how strong their attack is going to be so i think it's very similar to like the antarans master of orion that that sort of thing that's the vibe i'm getting from this um also uh the economy is being reworked in a major way you're gonna have five sliders one for development military intel science and diplomacy and each one of those sliders is going to allow you to put your resources into focusing your empire on that now of course there's also the imperial tax slider which is i guess kind of the sixth one but it's a little bit separate that gives you your currency that you can spend on these other things so that's kind of cool i like it when these games have these big sliders kind of reminds me of master of orion one where you didn't have to kind of micromanage planet you just had sort of this big overall picture um let's see what else i see oh uh planets with really high unhappiness will rebel i don't think that's anything too new but it makes sense more options were added to the military so uh, specifically for bombardment things like that um in the alliance of the sacred sun within your empire you're going to have a lot of houses and you're going to have to keep them happy and not at each other's throats all the time and so you're going to be engaging with them quite a bit in kind of a a role-playing type thing and more and more options have been added to the discussion trees and decision trees involving them and then also there's one other thing i saw i hope i can remember what it was like i said this thing is oh yeah okay all houses now will have at least one holding and the holding is really important it's kind of like what is their major bonus or like what is it about a particular house that makes them valuable enough to keep around not just to crush right that's their holding so each one's gonna have at least one holding now it was possible for them to not have that so every house is going to have something of value and so if you have to decide to crush one or excise one or whatever uh you will have to make a tough choice you can't get rid of the ones that really did you didn't want so all kinds of big things happening there with alliance of the sacred sons this is the 0.7 patch as it nears beta so uh, we're glad to hear from the developer on that and glad to know that there's still a lot going on with it. Absolutely. And um, stay tuned as we find out more. We will pass it on. Now, Joshua, um, your, rev your review, I take it back, your excursion for Star Control Origins was written a couple, maybe two weeks ago. We went through editing, cleaning it up. 
maybe even three weeks ago, it was like it's been, you've been working on it for a while now, and finally, like you got it down, we got it cleaned up, we got it ready, and just as we're about to publish it, the end of the year rolls around, and now we're sitting on it. You want to explain why? Yeah. So um, the news that we got this week. Um, I'm going to touch on what happened. I'm not going to get into it, and then I'll talk a little bit about the article. Um, so uh, what we found out last week is that the, uh, the original creators of Star Control, uh, Fred Ford, Paul Reich, I believe it's pronounced Reich, um, who have been sort of going back and forth with Stardock over the rights to who owns the rights to the Star Control franchise. Um, they filed DMCA. Uh, which is short for Digital Millennium Copyright Act claim. Um, so they filed a DMCA claim against Star Control Origins, which is sort of the uh, Star Control reboot that was being that it was released by um, Stardock. And basically, what happens when that happens is, uh, regardless of whether it is uh, a baseless claim or if it's a legitimate claim. Uh, companies like Steam and good old games, anyone who distributes the game under which has been filed a DMCA, immediately pull the game from their uh, from their stores. So for all intents and purposes, Star Control Origins is no longer for sale. It is sitting on the back burners. Um, if you bought it already, that means you still have it. It's not being deleted or anything. You can go play it now. If you haven't bought it and you really wanted to... It is still currently available on Stardock's own store, for what that's worth. But for the most part, it's kind of gone. And I would say it does not seem clear as to when that would ever come back, if it will ever come back. I, I don't want to talk too much about the, the lawsuit, to be honest. Um, I think it's a touchy subject. I'm not a lawyer. I haven't read all the briefs. Um, I don't think even if I was a lawyer and I had read all the briefs, I'd really be... Um, qualified to talk about it, but I'm definitely not qualified to talk about it. Certainly, uh, if you go to Ars Technica, there's a good article about. I think you're going to post a link to that article, Nate, uh, on the for the podcast. Yep. You can go to Kotaku, you can go to Polygon. They all have articles about it. It made Ga major news. Game Informer has a pretty solid article as well. So. Yeah, and there's a there's a YouTube lawyer guy whose name I don't remember who's done a pretty good job of talking about what the situation is from a legal Le perspective. Leonard? The yeah. Oh, there's, there's many that have done a lot of good shows. Yeah. yeah. And if you I want mean, a really biased take, just scroll down to all the comments and you'll find it. Yeah, right. Uh, you right. don't need me to give you biased takes because right. uh, th there are plenty out there. I didn't really want to talk about it. I don't want to grab that third rail. Well, I think it's a situation where both sides are going to lose, and that makes me very unhappy. I want to add in one little thing. Yeah. Is that um, even though the game was pulled from good old games, GOG, I'm sorry, GOG, for that disrespect, and from Steam, if you are an owner, I can confirm this for Steam. If you, yeah, you can have still a play copy, it. you can still play it. Yeah, they didn't delete it from your computer. Right, it's just you can't buy it. But right. right now, at least at the time of recording, you can go to Stardock's store on Isn't their website. Is that I literally just said this, Troy? Yes, you did. Make oh, did you say it was fifty percent? Did you say it was fifty percent off? It is fifty percent off. Yes. Oh, you see that? Did you say that? Or? I did not say that. Okay. Part. See, there you go. Well, so that's what I. That's. <laughs> at the time of recording, it was fifty percent off. As a big thank you for those that are supporting it, and I believe Brad had said that they had sold enough copies to keep one of the people that was affected by the DMCA because if the game is not being 
sold in a large marketplace. They can't keep all the different people working on the project. So they kept the person, maybe they'll keep more, who knows? So it's like, you know, all that stuff aside, the court and, you know, the, the sparring that they've been doing for the last couple of years online, you know, in the public view and, you know, different crowds choosing sides, you know, all that aside, there are people that have nothing to do with any of it that work on this. Like, yeah, you so know, that's artists, I want to talk about, okay, so go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean that's to okay. So uh, just very quickly, there were three things that I really wanted to talk about with this that I do feel um, qualified to talk about. Uh, one of them is the review article. So obviously, uh, Star Control Origins, it's not really a review, it's just an excursion. But Star Control Origins launched months ago. It took us uh, quite a bit of time to uh, put together an article about it, for which I am sincerely apologetic. It is a very it is a very large game, and I wanted to give it the time that it deserved. I didn't want to spend just five hours on the game and then write a review. I wanted to really sink my teeth into it, get forward into the plot, experience as much of it as I could. Uh, I still wish I could have given more time to it. Unfortunately, uh, Exploraminate is, is not my full-time paying job, and so I don't have the amount of time I really wish that I could to you know, play 60 hours of star control origins, write a review and have it for everybody in two weeks. If, you know, if I was like, if I was working for a place full time. Uh, so that's why it took a while, it took me longer than usual because it's such a big game. So unfortunately it didn't come as quickly as it could have. We finally had the article written. It was finally being put into the editing process when this happened. So that's unfortunate. I am sorry about that. The reason that we're not moving forward with the article at this point is because, one, I think it's such a controversial subject of Star Control Origins. I don't want us to be seen as taking sides. If we're writing articles about how great the game is, then I'm taking a side in the lawsuit, and I don't want to do that. The other thing is that the fact that you can get it at the Star, uh, Stardock website itself aside, the game isn't readily available, and so writing about it seems a little silly. And get everybody really excited about it. And guess what? You can't find it anywhere. So for those reasons, the article is basically on hold. My hope would be that something happens to solve this. There's some sort of arbitration that goes on. And they're able to bring the game back. And then we would certainly post that review. But so absent all those things, for now it's on hold. For now it's not happening. But as Nate was saying before I rudely interrupted him... I wanted to make sure to talk about people that have nothing to do with the lawsuit, but who worked on the game. Uh, and it's sort of a spoiler for the re the article that was going to go up was that Star Control Origins felt like a game that a, a lot of love was put into it. A lot of hard work was put into it. It wasn't Red Dead Redemption 2 or anything, but it still felt massive and engaging. And it seemed like more than enough work had been put into it more than more than enough and so i wanted to, i felt bad because my review review i keep calling it a review my article was going to spend some time and and talk about the fact of how much work you could tell had been put into it how much effort had been done so i wanted to make sure that i at least um, you know i hope this isn't a controversial statement to say that i really appreciate all the hard work that was done by people that aren't you know um on either side of this they're just you know, happened to be employees of Stardock who spent a lot of time on a game, and I felt like that work really showed. And I hope that you know, I hope that I can express my appreciation for that because it was definitely there. Uh, Troy, uh, I have a quick question for you. Yeah, have you have you lit your torch yet? 
Yeah, because I got my pitchfork ready. It's time to string up Joshua because it's, he's being very controversial right now. No, no. I actually feel really bad for Josh because he wrote a great article. <laughs> uh, me too. It's very I... well written. Um, it's, it's enjoyable to read. It's very insightful. And uh, I kind of regret that we're not publishing it at the at this time because just for the even first it wasn't goodbye i think right was just, i yep. just want to compliment uh, joshua for producing great work as always and express my regret to the fans that i mean i don't know how i would feel if we had gotten it up sooner even like if we had posted it last monday let's say and then like two days later it gets taken down from the dca then it would have been unfortunate it, it wouldn't have just been unfortunate. We would have somehow been thrust into the drama yeah. because, you yeah. know, it would look like we're picking a side and we're not picking a side. Personally, I'd love to see games come from Stardock and from, you know, from the original guys, right? Paul but, and Fred, right, yeah. 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 I w now, here's what I said. I would have wanted to see. At this point, I'm okay with Stardock's offering. I'm, you know... The time I spent with Origins, I enjoyed. And once I get caught up on things, which might never happen, <laughs> you know, once I get a few more pieces up, I plan to dive back into it and see where, why I was struggling. I got a controller, so maybe because I'm not very good doing it on the keyboard with, you know, with the directional keys, just not me anymore. So I got a controller, I'm ready. So, you know, at this point, like some of the stuff that Paul and Fred are doing to me, Personally, not as nothing to do with exploring, nothing to do with anything. Just to me, is not cool. You know, I understand it's you know they they feel what they feel. I get it, but some of the stuff that they're doing is not cool. And the flip side, I'm not on Brad's side either. You know, he he's a businessman. You know, he's got to run a company. He, he's a nice guy, but he's you know he's got to make money. So he's doing what he thinks, and some of the things that he posts online, I don't agree with. But you know. That's my personal opinion. You know, I don't, I'm not speaking for Exploraminate or anybody else. And I think with that, I'm just going to step away from this and just, you know, <laughs> I don't want drama. We had drama before in the weekly exchange and I don't want it again. No, I don't, I don't want to go down this road. I have opinions, so, but I'm going to keep them to myself. Exactly. Me my, too. My one opinion that I will share is that I really enjoy Star Control as a brand. I'd like to see more Star Control created. And so whatever allows things to move forward, I would like everyone to. It's, I'm living in a dream world where I'm hoping that everybody can come up with a solution where everyone is happy and right. we continue to get star control content. I, I'm pretty sure that ship has sailed yeah, a long, a long time ago. Now, my opinion, I, my opinion real quick is I just <clears throat> wish this was over. The legal wranglings were over and we yeah. had some clarity one way or the other of what's going on. Uh, because it's it's very irritating to me that both games are being stymied as a yeah and we just want to play games that's it yeah i mean this is a good brand that is now it looks like it could spend the rest of its existence in legal purgatory well yeah, and that's I, not a that that's not a hyperbole at all it, it could be years and years before this gets finally sorted out so yeah. I got a different take on this and not this isn't to do with star control itself but with the potential results of the lawsuit and nothing to do with star control if Paul and Fred win and the merit by which they win is about like the the copyright or you know who owns uh, like so basically the question is about the mechanics of the game can you copyright mechanics like that and if they now 
I'm just going based on the discussion that I'm reading and just thoughts, not as I'm not a lawyer, I'm not interpreting anything. I'm just, you know, hypothesizing here. Potentially, if they win, what impact will that have on the greater community? Because if you think about it, Forex games, very, very, very few Forex games have original, pure original ideas. They have maybe an original story and a twist here and a twist there, but essentially almost all Forex games are very similar to each other. You can take them and any of the Forex games, you can probably have three or four different containers and you can put them in one of those containers. Like, like Oliver's rubric piece, you know, if you hit enough checkpoints, okay, it's a Forex game. Okay. So if that's the case, I mean, what's going to happen to the genre, right? Or, or the strategy genre or squad combat or RPG or tactics yeah, or it's anything. Just not, it's just not helpful to speculate. So we, we just have to wait for resolution and I wish oh, it would come quickly. There's, but I'm not hopeful of that. I'll, I'll give an example of something like this where things worked out. So this is XCOM and Phoenix point, you know? So XCOM is owned by Firaxis and the original developer of the XCOM games, Julian Gollop, went on to make Phoenix Point. And there's a lot of interaction, at least there was, and I'm assuming there still is, between Jake Solomon and Julian Gollop and a lot of respect there. So there's there's hope that maybe this works out and something good comes out of it. I just, I don't know. And with that, I want to move on completely. So moving on, this week we're going to talk about a game called The First men now what's really interesting is that this appears to be another hybrid 4x type game so this is basically set at the beginning of time where like man and woman birth humanity and it goes from there so the art style is not you know, it's not a triple A art style, which doesn't really mean anything because there's some really, really good games that don't have the most amazing looks like Distant Worlds Universe and Dominions and whatnot. Of course, there are other people that think they're, they're the best looking games ever. So, hey, to each their own. But it is unique. You do have quests. You do have exploration. You do have settlement and management. You do have a real time combat. You do have a card system in place for that so probably something similar to you know thea or gala collider or any of the other games you know that are using card systems now for things like that you do have um like you do have uh, scenarios you do have stories you do have victory conditions you there's going to be workshop support and i'm just like i'm looking at this and i'm like this is really neat i it's it's cool There'll be a link. Take a look. Tell me what you think. I'm curious. This looks like something that Micah might be interested. He's uh, He's got his hands on Deity Empires right now. And at last word, he said that the game was very opaque. Now, this is coming from somebody who just wrote the review for Dominions 5. So if he's calling a game opaque, like the mechanics of the game are opaque, I don't know what that means. I didn't want to press him on it. I guess he'll tell me when he's ready. But um, I'll, I'll ask him if this looks interesting to him. So the first man looks interesting and... Click on the link and let us know what you think. I mean, it's definitely, there's a fantasy element. One of the pictures, you see a dragon's head. So, you know, you got that right there. I'll jump in real quick, Nate, and just point out that First Man is being developed by Para Games. Okay. 
And Para uh, worked on Overfall previous to this. Oh, the Turkish studio. Yeah, and I wrote a review. Well, again, another excursion, excursion. of uh, Overfall when it came out two years ago. Well, I'm getting old. Um, I think it was two years ago I wrote the Overfall piece. I really liked that game. It was creative. It was fun. It had a nice sense of humor. It was clearly written by people who, for whom English is a second language. But that's okay. Um, it didn't keep it from being clever and fun. And mm. so that immediately raises my appreciation of what the first men might be able to accomplish because these guys are good. They're interesting. Okay. Well, there you go. So Joshua is giving you the go-ahead to check it out as well and let us know. Now, um, speaking of the what-is section, by the time that you hear this, the Monday piece will be up. And the Monday piece is kind of looking back on what is this segment for the past six months. And I put in links for every game that we covered and I looked through it and I'm like, Oh my God, we covered a lot of stuff. So it's, it's a little, little bit talking about that. And like, I, I'm hoping to do a couple more pieces of that nature because, uh, the death of steam spy, Troy, you're no longer able to do your analytical pieces about sales and all the trends I know it was this I really looked forward to those pieces. I didn't look forward to publishing them because oh my god, there was a lot of work that went into that. But I did look yeah. forward to reading them. So we'll try different things. So we're gonna have like little little pieces like this. And uh definitely let us know what you think about it in the comments there and the comments for the show or whatever. And in case you notice that the notes are not up for the last couple of podcasts, our main and only note taker Joe, he I think told me like around Christmas time that Nate, I'm going to fall off the face of the earth for a couple of weeks. Sorry, buddy. I need a break, but I'll see you as soon as I'm back. And it's like, okay, yeah, <laughs> I wish I could do that too. <laughs> so, you know, envy, a little bit of envy there, but, um, I think that's it. Let me see. Uh, Joshua, what have you been playing this past week? I know you were on vacation, so I know you got a little bit of time to play. Yeah. I played a good amount of Stellaris. The new Stellaris expansion is out. Mega Corps. Megacorps. Megacorp. Megacorp. Mega I like that. Singular Megacorp. Megacorp. There's only one. There's only one. There it's can like, only be like, one. Megacorp. It's like the Highlander, you know, there can only be yeah. one. So I've been playing a lot of Stellaris Megacorp and the new Legin uh, update as well. Uh, getting ready to work on an article for that, that one actually hopefully gets published. So <laughs> that game. Right. Um, I've been uh, Super Smash Brothers came out over the holidays. I've been playing a lot of Super Smash Brothers. That game is wonderful. Okay. It's, uh, it's I never got, got into it myself. Yeah, I mean, if if you're into Smash at all, this game is feel really. I mean, it's called Smash Brothers Ultimate. It really does feel like the ultimate expression of that game. I can remember playing it in 1999, the original, when there were only like 10 fighters in the whole game, and now there's over 70. It's uh, a lot of fun. I highly recommend it to anybody who can stomach such things. Um, and then the other thing, obviously, is always my uh, beloved Hearthstone. It's a horrible addiction. I'm never letting go of it, but that's what I've been doing. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, I heard that Blizzard has dropped a lot of support for Hearthstone. Is that no, they dropped a lot of su support for Heroes of the Storm. Oh, is that what? Okay. Yeah, so Heroes of the Storm is their MOBA. You know, in the, in the irony of, of things, the, you know, MOBAs were originally created based on a Blizzard property. It was based on Warcraft 3. Mm -hmm. and But they became owned really more by League of Legends um, and the uh, the Steam MOBA, whose name is suddenly escaping me. Dota but um, I'm sorry? Dota. Dota. Yeah, Dota. Thank you. 
Um, but uh, Blizzard then created their own, which was Heroes of the Storm, and they did. They kind of pulled the rug out from under a lot of the people who play that game. They um, they had a competitive league for uh, HOTS, and they basically told those people that it's not happening anymore, and they did it like a week before things were start to begin or something like that. Um, and they've said that they're going to rethink development and updates for the game. So it, it sounds like they're taking it off life support, which is very sad. And a little scary for somebody who's addicted to other Blizzard games. You know, if tomorrow they, if tomorrow, for example, um, the folks who make Magic: The Gathering said, you know, we can't support the game anymore. We've lost the license, or we're no longer going to make games. You know, you've still got the physical cards. You can still meet people and play. If tomorrow Blizzard announces that Hearthstone is done, then Hearthstone is really done. Um, and so it, it's uh, a little scary. I don't really play that much Hots. I do feel bad for the people who play Hots. Um, but, uh, yeah, so fortunately it was not Hearthstone. I would have been on here weeping if it was, and hopefully that game continues to get support. I mean, that's the issue with any digital distrib, distrib, any digitally distributed game, potentially like it happens with MMOs where the servers get shut down and sometimes players get together and they try to bring it up. And then the publisher's like, nah, you can't do that. You know, speaking of DMCA, right. That you see, that's a use that makes sense. Okay. Anyways, moving on from that. Moving on. Moving on. So, to me, the big takeaway here it's Activision really putting on the pressure on Blizzard. That does seem to be what's happening. And that's that's not good because Blizzard has always been a company that's like you know it's ready when it's ready. It'll be out when it's out. And that's it. And if they release a product like Diablo 3 that was not the best game it released, they kept at it and working it and working it. Now it's like people are like, oh my God, Diablo 3, best game ever. You know? So that's And even Diablo 3 got cut under a little bit by that too because originally there was going to be a second expansion for Diablo 3 that never happened. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's other things. Like there's how much stuff is out there that we don't even know about. Yeah. You know, so it does seem to be, you know, a lot of times people are quick to blame the holding corp. And I feel, you know, very much, hey, you know, we don't know, we're not insiders. This really seems to be, Activision seems to be digging their claws deep into Blizzard and how they work. Yeah, and they, didn't they just let go of, like, two CFOs in, like, a matter of 14 minutes of each other or something like that? <laughs> so, I don't know, man. I, that, that might be curtains for Blizzard, or at least the Blizzard of old. And the last couple... EA loves to do that with the companies they buy. So yeah. if this is any kind of indication of what's the future of Blizzard looks like. My friend, Hearthstone is in trouble. Yeah, I know. I'm concerned. So, all right. What about you, Troy? How is World of Tanks Blitz doing? Is it safe? Oh, is everything man, good there? Been, we've been going through the uh, Christmas event, and it's been fantastic. They actually, I think back around Halloween, I complimented, I complimented them on that event. The Christmas event has been just as good, mm-hmm. and I picked up a bunch of really great tanks. I've had a good time playing, so that was good, and I'm I'm done with it now for a while. Like, I didn't even fire. I haven't even fired it up the last couple of days. I'm over. What? Haven't you lost, like, your ranking? Haven't you gone triple oh, yeah. A, okay. platinum, like, silver, played... super duper to, like noob yellow or something like that and like all your tanks have been taken away from you and like you have a jalopy jeep and like a bicycle now or something with rocks or something then don't they do that if you don't play every day and like put blood into your computer 
that is what happens. You are accurate in your statements, but I don't care. Uh, I played I don't know how many hours over uh, Christmas vacation, and now I'm done for a while. So I think I'll probably be looking into Thea 2 in the upcoming week. And, I'm, you know, I'm really get, getting tempted to play some off-world trading company. That sounds so fun to me right now. Well, since just got additional content, you might need to fire that up. Yeah, I got tired of getting crushed by the oh. AI. <laughs> like, I really had to rig that game in my favor. That's another game that came out or came through Stardock, even though it was it Ironclad. Yeah. So, you know, so they got good AI. What about you? What did you play this week? Uh, I played three games. I played Thea 2 quite a bit. And I'm enjoying myself. I discovered the Goblin Island. I discovered the Dwarven Island. I discovered the Orc Island. I ran with my tail, my uh, virtual tail tucked between my legs from each three of the islands. Because I thought I was a big dog until I got there. And I'm not a big dog. So I, I ran back to the human island to beat up on the easy monsters. So that's one. But Thea 2 is fantastic. I'm really enjoying it. Um I played, I've been playing with my son, Civ 6, on the iPad, and he is a warmonger, if there ever was one. <laughs> so, I, I think he, he doesn't know how much he hates the warmonger penalty just yet, because he hasn't played too many 4X games where you could just, you know, enjoy warring like, like that. But he's having fun. And he's like looking up some of the leaders and like, oh, that's really interesting and telling me about them. So that's kind of neat. And uh, I was playing Persona 5 on my PS4 and I forgot how good those games are. I, have, I didn't play Persona 4. I played like two or three versions of Persona 3 on my PS2 and PS3 like a decade ago. And I never really got into PS4. I didn't have time. And now I'm playing a little bit of Persona 5 and I'm just like, oh my God, these games are crazy good. But that's it. There's... um. I'm looking, I'm about to pick up aggressors and get back to writing the review. So I'm going to need to put some more hours. And uh, I know that uh, Pavel, the developer, he posts on our forums and I know he's been updating it. So uh, I'm going to check it out. Now, another thing I noticed, a bunch of people on my Steam friends list picked it up in the, I, I don't know if it was on sale to any, you know, great discount during the winter sale, but they picked it up. And that's, you know, good for him, good for them. I know that they're enjoying the game. It's It's a fun game. And uh, one last thing, speaking of the winter sale, what did you think of it? Um, I think I'll wait for Publisher Weekends. What about you, Joshua? Did you get anything during the winter? I did not. Uh, it, they very rarely entice me with discounts where I'm like, oh, I absolutely have to get this on this game right now. Right. And, uh, for example, Amplitude's Endless Day is going to be about three weeks, two, two and a half, three weeks from now. Yeah, like oh, two. Okay. Yeah, like um, three I'm weeks from now. violating your NDA with that. No, no, this is, they do it in January, like January 25th or 21st, or that's that's their anniversary of the founding of Amplitude Studios. So for the past oh, okay. five years, they have it. Like last year, they had stuff with Endless Space 2, and like enough people played, and they opened up a bunch of free content and alternate skins and some heroes and things like that, and all for free. And all of that came out, I think, like within three, four, five months, like with each update, there was more stuff given to the community. So... When they did it last year, they had some killer deal. So I'm my assumption is is that if you've been waiting on their products and you didn't like what you like, you know, the prices were not good during the Steam sale, that's gonna be a publisher. It's gonna be like probably a free weekend too. 
you know, so you can check out the games, you know. So, yeah, so, like, if you want to pick up Paradox stuff on sale, all the newest things from Paradox were barely discounted. Just, you know, the stuff that's been out for a while was, like, 30%, 40%, 50%. But, like, on the publisher weekend, it's they get some good bundles, you know. So, Firaxis has good stuff when they got theirs. So, yeah, I was not impressed. I did some of the events, like, to get the cards. So, like, my Steam level has gone up, I think, or something like that. So, I'm oh, like... I don't even know. There's some, there some funny things in there. So, it was it was funny. It was all right. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're not. But uh, I think that's it. So, as uh, parting thoughts, um, Happy New Year to all of our listeners. We're glad to have you back for 2019. Uh we're having videos again. Dallin just put up a video for Driftland, so go check it out. Mark's video for Explominates. Up, mo- uh, top upcoming 4X. Top 4 4X games is up. That'll be in the notes. Check it out with some honorable mentions. And um, we'll have articles going again, some reviews. We're going to try to get caught up on a couple of things. So we got the Galsiv Intrigue piece that should I should be getting in my hands soon. We're going to have the Stellaris re-examination, looking at like the past six, seven months of Stellaris plus Megacorp. I'm doing aggressors. A couple of other things are going to be dropping in the next couple of maybe months, probably, and amongst other things. And uh, as usual, thanks to our patrons. You are all awesome. You really are. We really appreciate you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for reading. Thank you for watching. Our forums are popping the last couple of days. So if you got something to say, come on in and let us know what you think. And uh, that's it for me. What about you guys? Josh, you got any? Happy New Year, everybody. Looking forward to an exciting year of 4X. And thanks for having me on the podcast, as always. Awesome. Very good. Well, we'd like to thank everyone who joined us this week. We really enjoyed having you here with Troy Explorman. Take care, everyone. See ya.